This is the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by Everbank. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jags Radio, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. The Jaguars host the Baltimore Ravens in Week 15 on Sunday Night Football. But first, the word of the week, communication. It started with a review of the Week 14 loss to the Cleveland Browns with Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and Jeff Lagerman on Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Monday, recorded live at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponte Vedra Beach. Well, let's be real. you got to give the cre- quarterback credit for playing, uh, but he was not very good at moments. But I think there were other issues at play, including you know wide receiver running the wrong route, uh, which Calvin Ridley clearly did. There was miscommunication there. Uh, I think that, you know, defensively, they can't get to the quarterback. I mean, if Josh Allen doesn't get there, nobody's getting there. Then that's two weeks in a row you made Jake Browning and Joe Flacco, two backups, one almost 140 years old, uh, shred you throwing the football. There were way too many busts. And I tried to go through, and you guys might be able to – I watched the tape on the way home today from Kansas City. The busts in the secondary, I attribute number one to Rayshon Jenkins. Number two to a Luacon. And number three, I was trying to get an idea who that was. It was either Darius Williams or Rayshon Jenkins. I couldn't tr- quite figure that one out. But my gosh, you talk about guys running wide open. That can't happen. And so you combine it all together, and it was not a very good day uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars in Cleveland. So I'll let Jeff, uh, because we talked about those busts on defense. I mean, and I agree with you. The worst part of that game for me is that really you beat yourself at the end of the day. Now, there's certain things that give Cleveland credit. They were more fizzled at the line of scrimmage than we were. Um, They did, you know, some good things. But you take away three busts on defense, that's a completely different game. And I'll I'll let Jeff, because we talked about who we think. I mean, we're we're making some assumptions based on what we know about the defense and how they play. Um, So I'll let Jeff kind of go through each of those and kind of what he saw on tape. All right, so uh, so the first one, Pete, which was uh, third and one, and essentially the Browns are in a goal line personnel grouping. The Jaguars match with a goal line defensive grouping, and they're bringing pressure off the outside edges. And when you do that, a lot of times you ask a defensive end or a linebacker to play man on a tight end. And it looked like from watching it that Trayvon was in man coverage on Najoku. And in order to do that, a lot of people say, well, how can you ask a guy like Trayvon to do that? Well, you beat him up at the line of scrimmage to where he can't release, and you expect him to be able to run with Njoku because Njoku is not a guy that has blazing speed. I think it was on Trayvon with that one. The second one to Njoku, I think it was Foyer got too aggressive on a run read and then got caught. And then he couldn't end up backing out and, and covering ground. And Devin Lloyd never even moved. He, he didn't buy the run fake. He was pointing in the direction of where the tight end was going. And Foyer was just so fast going downhill. And now the last one, which was the uh, completion to the Bell, Bell guy? Yeah, yeah, Bell. Bell. yeah Bell. Bell. David Bell. Okay. David Bell. When, when they started out, uh, the wide receiver, one of the wide receivers was out wide. And you're, you're in man coverage. And when the motion comes in, you're essentially playing an in and out. So you're playing man, but you're saying, okay, if one guy goes in, I got him. Another guy stays to the outside, I got him. A little confusion there between Darius and Rayshon because they both went to cover the same guy. And then when Darius realized that they both were going to the same guy and that he 
in my opinion, he was supposed to be on the outside guy, and he realized that. He plants his foot, slips, goes down to the ground, and by then it's too late. So that one is just miscommunication. Yeah, that, but the bottom you can line, play that two different ways, right, Jeff? You can play that two different ways. You either go in and out or you just play it straight and, and let the in guy go to Jenkins and, and he stays with the outside guy. I mean, that you could do that too. But you yeah, think, you you think Darren Slade say, okay, that. We're, we're staying. Yeah, it's, it's, you, know, you can play cat coverage. Which I, say, I got right. that cat. It doesn't matter what they do. Right. Okay, right. but then you can also play, okay, I got the guy that goes in, you got the guy that goes out. Banjo, right? And that was, yeah, that's but, all, yeah. Yeah, but Pete, to your point, though, I mean, you look at this game, and I've said, I said it since the game yesterday, the Jaguars beat themselves with missed assignments, blown coverages, which is missed assignments, turnovers, and stupid penalties. It wasn't like they were, you know, the big fear going into the game is, is Miles Garrett in the, you know, just going to take over Can the game? Can they block him? Can right. they block him? It's yeah. going to be just a complete mess because of the injuries the offensive line. Well, for the most part, it was not. And they Trevor had time to operate. Now, they still can't run the ball, and we talked about that already. I mean, it's like they can't run between the tackles. They physically can't do it. But as far as overall, if you don't have the missed assignments, in, you know, including blown coverages, a lot of those missed assignments led to turnovers or touchdowns. That's a completely different game. Jaguars Happy Hour Monday airs 4 to 6 p.m. on 1010XL AM and Jaguars.com. Now to the Huddle Up podcast from Wednesday afternoon. Bucky Brooks, John Osher, and I going through some of the communication issues for the Jags. Let's hear from the the head coach today, uh, Doug Peterson, discussing some of the communication issues. Really, both sides of the ball had a little of that. Doug Peterson, though, on the focus needed, especially on defense. You know, those things just just can't they can't happen, obviously, and, and it really just does does come down to those guys just talking right and just having conversation on the field um and just staying locked into the game plan right and and just one play at a time mentality um and they don't have to do anything other than that just just trust that you know and and trust their instincts and, and how they've been coached this week to execute that game plan um and they'll be fine that's the head coach earlier today john i have a question for the ex player because I, you know, this has been an interesting day to me because both Trevor and Doug talked so much about communication, players in the locker room, communication. Doug was talking about focus, and he was choosing his words very carefully, trying to get it across what he meant by it. Um, so I've, I've never played at a high level. Guess what? I've never played football at a high level, JP. So, I, you know, how tough is it, Bucky? And, uh, you know, it, it really did seem the other day like, communication, uh, glaring mental breakdowns really cost him that game. You would think that's past him, but I guess as a head coach, that's what you're always pushing on, right? You are always pushing on it, and um, I'm going to lean on you and your experiences with the Indianapolis Colts and Tony Dungy. Like, I think you share stories with me, like, after losses or after difficult games, he always thought that you needed to reduce, sure. uh, eliminate, simplify, uh, make it where the players can play fast, where they can think freely, and then you'll get the best performance out of them. I think we're kind of at that point with the Jaguars. Um, ultimately, what coaches like to do is they like to, at the beginning of the season, think, hey, these are all the things that we're going to be able to do. This group is so good, the dynamic, we got this, so we're going to do X, Y, and Z. But the great coaches are able to look at their team and evaluate where they are and say, hey, guys, here's where we're at. 
This is the kind of team that we have. This is what we need to do to maximize the talents of the team. When I look at this team, and because it's been a theme, this team has a lot of issues when it comes to the communication and being able to take like communication and maybe schemes and execute it. So now that you're in the, the, the final stretch, right, the final quarter of the season, if that's been apparent in multiple films, well, now you got to reduce the amount of stuff that you're doing. You have to put the onus on the players to communicate what you're supposed to do, make sure you know what you're doing, and then do it. And I think we're at that point because of the tone that I hear from Doug in his voice. He's not going to say that outwardly to the public, but I feel like the frustration has reached a point where he's like, hey, man, here's what we're doing. We need to eliminate all the fluff. Let's just line up and play and see if we can win a game by simply not beating ourselves. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, again, we know why it's his show. That's a good, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And to simplify it, because really three plays the other day cost you, and it was three defensive breakdowns that, uh, you know, again, on paper shouldn't have been hard. They just got themselves completely out of position where if they'd even been closer and, and give themselves a chance to play another down, if you will. Uh, JP, I've said multiple times this week, the Browns are really good, and mm-hmm. they're 8-5 and five for a reason. You're, you're playing on the road. Uh, but the Jaguars turned it over four times and gifted them three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They're good, but you can't make it that easy on a buck. No, you can't make it that easy. And as much as like everyone would make the focus on the defense because the defensive communication flaws, it's easy to see. They show, hey, someone didn't cover David Njoku. He runs down the scene. We have a fourth down. We don't get a, a, a switch or who's lined up on who. And so it's an easy completion for Joe Flacco. It ends up being a touchdown and some other things. But I would tell you, offensively, there have been a bunch of miscommunications. I can't tell you the amount of times that we have broken the huddle we look around and we see Trevor Lawrence trying to tell one of the receivers to get lined up in a different spot or two receivers looking at one another, trying to figure out who's responsible for what, what route am I running and all of those things. And it coincides with a couple of those communication errors uh, resulting in interceptions because Trevor and the playmaker, the pass catcher is not on the same page. So when Doug talks about the entire team communicating, that's what it stems from because there have just been things that should be very, very simple when it comes to execution, but they're not getting done because people don't know what they expected to know, and then they're trying to communicate it at the last minute, and it's not getting done. It's not getting relayed to all of the people that need to know the information. And there were a couple instances where you know they maybe got the play in late too. They had a couple of delay of games. The clock's ticking. You're trying to communicate. All of a sudden, you either got to call timeout or you get the flag, and that adds on to it. Yeah, eight pre-snap penalties in the last four games I mean in the last two games and uh maybe they're not all attributed to what we're talking about Mm -hmm. but it seems uh it seems like a symptom huddle up with Bucky Brooks airs Wednesdays at four on Jaguars.com and Jaguars YouTube we're in the final stretch of the regular season only two home games remain so be at the bank as the Jaguars go head-to-head with the Ravens tomorrow December 17th in week 15 grab your teal and help the Jags teal out the stands Get your tickets at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. And don't forget the pregame light show, a teal version this week. Instructions in every cup holder in the stadium or from QR codes when you walk in. In a moment, head coach Doug Peterson chimes in. All that after this. Jaguars fans, Everbank is building its future on the partnership 
and the performance you know and trust. Take advantage of high-yield savings solutions with Money Market, online savings, CDs, and more. Visit everbank.com slash jaguars today for your financial advantage. Everbank, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by Everbank. And college students, this one's for you. With the new Jags College Pass, you can get exclusive ticketing offers all season long. Registration is free, and you only pay for the offers you accept. To join the Jags for the best games and biggest plays, visit jaguars.com slash college pass. The communication conversation continued Thursday morning on Jags AM with Kai Stevens, Brian Sexton, and John Osher. Elsewhere in the locker room, Calvin Ridley kind of weighing in. We've been talking about the issues with the route running, and Trevor was talking about miscommunication as well, and Ridley kind of broke down what he saw on that play on one of the interceptions. On that type of play, it's a, the ball can go to me, it can go to someone else, and it's a look. You know, I thought I had a certain look, and I was trying to you know, get my feet on, get, my, get up on the DB and take him a certain way so we could get another person to pop open. But... Um, it was a different look, and I didn't get my head around faster. And the ball came out a little faster than I thought. But if I would have, I just need to be locked in in that moment more and just see the, the look better and get my head around faster, and it would have been a different type of play. According to Ridley, running the right route, not the look he thought, mis- misidentified what the defense was doing, thought it was going somewhere else, happens. If that's something they need to get on the same page about, obviously, to kind of just always be prepared, and especially, I'm sure, it's being emphasized this week without Christian Girk out there because there's not always that guy that's going to be the first option maybe a lot of the time. You have to be ready at all times. Well, and, and another radio conversation I had yesterday was with wide receivers coach Chad Hall, and he talked about, about he used the word cohesion. He talked about that unspoken communication between a quarterback and a wide receiver. And then I was standing in the locker room yesterday and noticing that Trevor's locker is here and Calvin's locker is here. I mean, they, they, they have got to. They, since the start of the season, they, there's no accident that these two guys are across from each other. They've been trying to, to build that sense of unspoken timing. How long did it take Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison to create that? How long did it take when Reggie Wayne came in to be able to be that target mm-hmm. that Peyton Manning was looking at? I'm not trying to excuse the mistakes he made. I'm saying this is part of the process of two guys coming together. Yeah, and it's rarely, especially with route running offense in the NFL these days, it's rarely one thing. This guy did this poorly. It, right. it's, it's usually over the course of a game more you got a lot of read routes. You got a lot of routes that play off of, okay, the, uh, the defense Choice is doing routes, this. Right. Now the quarterback sees this, the wide receiver sees this. I keep going back to, you know, yes, the communication has been a bit clunky with Calvin at times with Trevor. But everything was sort of going in a good direction offensively until Trevor didn't practice last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do think that's sort of become a forgotten element of, there was really no reps at all with these guys. And up until he got hurt against Cincinnati, the last couple of games, I felt it was going smooth even without Christian. Then all of a sudden, guess what? He doesn't practice and it looks clunky. Well, that's how it goes. You, you know, that makes sense to me. I think it'll be better this week. There's still going to be some of that because, frankly, Calvin was out two years. And this is still a young offense trying to get these things and you're going to have this in the NFL sometimes. Yeah, and you know, the other thing Chad Hall said when we had our conversation after practice yesterday was that the coach, the head coach, 
had personally challenged all of the coaches to make fixes, right? To look differently at it. Mm -hmm. and, and in fact, Doug said it in his news conference mm -hmm. on both Monday and Wednesday, and that was the first thing that Chad went to. So it's not just the players who are trying to communicate, it's the coaches who are working it as well. They're attacking this problem, right? This issue from last week mm -hmm. at every angle. And Calvin said something that I thought was interesting yesterday too. Um, it was sort of after one of the questions, he goes, I just kind of wish the guy had dropped the ball, we'd had another chance. And there is an element of that. Yeah. We're focused on that one play because the Browns got an interception off of it. Every team in the league has miscommunications at times between receivers and quarterbacks. That one really bit the Jags, so, th so we're talking about it a lot. And there was some, it, it showed up big time on Sunday. Um, it really hurt them. It doesn't always hurt you that much. A lot of teams weren't hurt by it. So I, I think this is this week's topic. I don't know that miscommunication with receivers has been a season-long thing that's defined it, but they got to get it fixed now. Jags AM Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Jaguars.com and Jaguars YouTube. Now to cap off the week, the Doug Peterson Show, where the head coach explained some ways the team was working through some of the miscommunication that's popped up. You know, my wife tells me all the time that I need to be a better communicator, right, with her. And and rightfully so, because if we don't communicate, we're not on the same page. And so it's the same thing with a football team. And, and you know, the last couple of weeks, we've, we've missed some opportunities, both sides of the ball, really all three phases, just just by not opening our mouth. And and we just, you know, we ask our we ask our guys all the time. We challenge our guys all the time that you have to talk. You have to communicate uh, calls. You got to, you know. You got to verbalize it because if you don't, big plays are going to happen for your opponent, and and that's what happened last week uh, up in Cleveland. Yeah, I think sometimes uh, when you kind of get to this point in the season, guys can take things for granted that okay, well, he is already going to know, and sometimes just that eye contact, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that verbal communication. The eye contact sometimes solves a lot of that. It does, and I think that comes with teams that have been together for six, seven, eight years and, and players that have been together for such a long time and they've played in the same scheme together, and um, they can do that. They can get away with just, hey, just a little verbal you know, heads-up nod or something like that or just make eye contact, and, and they, they're on the same page. But you know, when, when you're only in your second year and, and you know, you're asking our guys to do that, we, we need to emphasize it. When I say we, it's the coaching staff. We need to – we need to demand it from our players, obviously, and get it out of them and, and, and making sure that they're, they're talking to one another on the field. So start with your, your offense against this Ravens defense, number two defense in the National Football League in yards allowed, number two in points allowed. You went from the number one defense in the league in Cleveland here to Baltimore, number two. What a challenge. It's a great challenge, and uh, we're excited for the opportunity, number one. Um, you know, it seems like Baltimore and their history have always had great defenses, right? And, and uh, they pride themselves on that. And, you know, and I look back at the Cleveland game, and, and we did some really good things in that game. Uh, we took, took advantage of some opportunities. We missed some opportunities uh, to score more points and, and, and really felt like we had a chance to win that football game. And, and uh, you know, the turnovers obviously are things that have kind of plagued us and, and kept us back a little bit this season. And, and going into this game, you know, you're playing – probably a much better offense, number one, and, and you really can't give this team anything, any opportunities, any extra possession. So, you know, work's cut out for us. Um, it, it's a good defensive front, good front six, seven guys up there, and, they, and they're secondary. They got some smart guys that have been around a long time. Even their defensive coordinator, you know, has been kind of grown up in the Baltimore organization. I know he left a year to go to Michigan, but he's back, and 
and um, you know coordinating the defense. So he's seen a lot of football there as well, and and uh, it's no it's no surprise why they're why they're top you know one of the top defenses in the league. Yeah, uh, quite a matchup this week. Uh, head coach Doug Peterson with us to the Jaguars offense now, and let, let's get into this running game for the uh, the Jaguars team here and. Trying to get yes, the yardage is there for Travis Etienne for the season, but the yards per rush is down the list a little bit. How do you improve that down the stretch? Yeah, it's 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 um, it's interesting because I think we're we're tenth in the league in, in attempts, but we're thirty first or something as you mentioned in, in yards per carry. Um, those two should align a little bit more, right? If you're going to run the ball as much as we have. Um, you should have better results, right? And so, you know, it's something that we look at as a staff, and and we got to make sure we're 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 putting um, our best concepts together. We're we're repeating the best concepts, right? So there's familiarity with our offensive line. I know we've had some injury up front, and there hasn't been a lot of consistency, you know, particularly on the left side. And guys have been in and out of the lineup, and Ezra's new, you know, and, and getting him caught up, but. But for me, it's, it's just a matter of let's make sure we're putting our guys, you know, in, in the right positions and, and helping them be successful on the football field. And then it's just a mindset. You know, running the ball sometimes is not pretty. It's more of the physical aspect of it. Um, the backs have got to hit the right holes and things of that nature. But again, it's, it's coaches and players working together um, and, and really demanding sort of that physicality that, uh, you know, quite frankly, these last couple of defenses have, have given us fits on. The Doug Peterson Show airs each Thursday at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars radio network, jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. Check out the official Jaguars podcast network. That's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. We'd love the feedback, of course, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. We have arrived at week 15, and for the first time since 2008... The Jaguars will play on Sunday night football on NBC. The 10-3 Baltimore Ravens come to town for a battle of first-place teams. We're on the air in Jacksonville Sunday at 5 o'clock with the Publix tailgate show on 1010XL. Then at 7 o'clock, it's countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. The official kickoff time, 822 at Everbank Stadium. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast week in review podcast presented by Everbank. <laughs>